There is nothing on this planet that you could say to me to make me feel good about myself if I don't feel good about myself from me. And we know that to be true, which is why showing up in this world as anything but ourselves is so exhausting. Facts do not have opinions. Just don't let perfection be the enemy of the good. Self-love is really about self-respect and acceptance. Welcome to The Whole View. Before we get started, just a reminder, we are not medical professionals. This podcast is for general education purposes and is not intended to diagnose, advise, or treat any physical or mental illness. We always recommend that you consult a licensed service provider. That said, I am super, super excited to introduce you to a friend of mine today, Christina Glickman. Hi, Christina. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) Christina. I I was going to Disney World, but I'm just talking to you, but that's how I feel. Okay. Well, if only I was Disney World. (laughs) I'm actually going to Disney in two weeks, so that's fun. I originally first created my list of like who I would want to invite onto the show and your name was at the top of that list. So I want to tell people a little bit about you and then get into what we're going to be focused on today, which is what I'm calling the power of no. I don't know if you have a better way that you want to phrase that, but bringing a vision to life. And I think you made some really epic decisions in your own life over the last couple of years to bring a vision of yours to life. And I, I'm really excited to tell people about it. So I'm going to read this little intro that I wrote and um, try, try to not ooze all over the place. Cause I know, I know, <laughs> I know you well enough to know um, how, how this will come across and listeners, you're going to get a taste of Christina in a minute. So Christina Glickman is an industry disruptor, entrepreneur, and author. She's a mother of four, author of the best-selling book, Extra, The Art of Being, and founder of the women's movement, The Extra Love Army. First of all, let's just take a moment to um, just like complete sheer (laughs) awe of coming up with the names of Extra, The Art of Being, and Extra, The Love Army. Like, I hope that's giving you listeners a clue about Christina. I first met her in Washington, D.C., at a March 4th advocacy event, we both earned um, a special trip to go advocate on behalf of everyone for health protective laws with Beauty Counter. And I knew nothing of you, but everyone in the new, everyone in the room knew you. Um, and I was instantly drawn to your unapologetic style. I remember thinking that. You were the only other representative of the state of one of my close friends and team members, and she was the one who introduced me to you. And at first, you know, there's this whole like competition thing because you both were from the same state, and I'm like giving you a little side eye. And you were so warm and kind, and it instantly went from this competition mindset to collaborator in one interaction. And you're one of the very few people early on who really just was so kind and welcoming and opening. And um, you have stayed that way. You're such a humble person. I think that you have an art for being incredibly affirming. So I think one of the magical things about the programs that you do is how well you see people and you can reflect that back on them in such a positive light. So I'm going to be honest 
And sometimes I'm so insanely critical of myself. I am working on that. Um, that sometimes I walk away from our conversations or exchanges and I'm like, is she for real? Like, what is her motive? Why is she so nice? It's, it's like it's uncomfortable if you don't feel that good about yourself. And I think that that was a really eye-opening thing for me. Like, why do I sometimes feel weird after I talk to Christina? And I'm like, oh, it's because she's so freaking nice. Like, she's so genuine. Um And so now that we've been friends for years, I can tell like that your motive is exactly what it comes across as. You really do want to lift up and empower other women. And you have done that for yourself in incredible ways. So I want to point you listeners, we'll put links in the show notes, but Christina recently did a TED Talk um, on what we as society must do to repair the damage done to women in the workplace by the COVID-19 pandemic what a smart topic. Um, And I think it's really indicative of a much broader mindset that you have, which is being the champion of women. So you work with women all around the country dedicated to helping them walk through life with unapologetic confidence uh, so that they don't walk away from exchanges feeling uncomfortable from compliments. (laughs) And um, your powerful message on reclaiming your voice um, really inspires other women, including myself, to show up with intention and for themselves every single day. You are from Chicago, Illinois. Uh, One of my favorite things about you is how much uh, you are a fashion addict. Um, And of course, entrepreneurial spirit is in your whole family, which is super cool. Um, And I love that you work with them at home um, in such a collaborative environment. So without further ado... (laughs) What did I miss? Can you please tell us more about yourself and your story? Listen, there's nothing to miss, but so much gratitude for the love that you share with me. And I promise you it won't be a 45 minute love fest because it could be, Um, but, but I will not do that to your listener. But I appreciate so much of everything that you've just said, because it's really the truth. And I feel like my life's work at this point is lifting women. And it's not because I'm amazing and I'm Gandhi. It's just because every bone in my body wants someone else to see how incredible they are and that they too can do anything they want in this lifetime. And that's not up for me to decide if, if you want to stay home and, you know, make casseroles and, and do carpool. That's incredible. If you want to go out into the world and be a CEO and make a new invention, that's incredible. It, it's not up to me to define. And so, so often, you know, we're socially conditioned to tell people what is success? What does it look like? How skinny should you be? How rich should you be? How, and I'm so tired of it. You know, I'm almost 50. And if there's anything right now, I would say is that I walk every day in a lot of peace. And it's only because I finally have seen myself. So that's the gift. I hope I always say that once we've sort of worked on our own gift, it's time to give it away. And that's where I am today. And I'm just so grateful to have anyone that wants to get to that place because that's all I really want. I love that concept because I do think that ultimately that is something that we try to focus on here in the show in a variety of different ways. When I think about empowerment, I think about, you know, educating people. When you think about empowerment, what does that mean to you? Yeah, you know, and I will say that there's so many generic terms here, right? Because At the end of the day, it starts with us. There is nothing on this planet that you could say to me to make me feel good about myself if I don't 
feel good about myself from me. And we know that to be true, which is why showing up in this world as anything but ourselves is so exhausting. If I try to be you, Stacy, who is so wildly successful, I admire so much everything from the way that you parent to your incredible business skills to everything you have built, I will fail. I'm not you. I can't be you. I shouldn't want to be you. And so instead, if we can release that and just go in inside, right? What makes us come alive? What makes me feel good about myself? And that is such deep intentional work, right? And, and not the superficial like, oh, I'll feel better if I lose 10 pounds. I'll feel better if I make $10,000 more. I'll feel better if my kid gets into Harvard. Like those superficial things will never satiate our soul. It really starts from within like doing the hard work about how do I feel about myself? How do I want to evolve and change? What do I love about myself? What do I want to work on? What are my relationships like? Who do I surround myself with every day? This is life's work. There's no A to B in my opinion. I hope for the rest of my life, I'm trying it on, being curious, figuring it out. I am no guru and I am no master, but I do know this reflective work on who we are is how we can then be a better parent, be a better friend, be a better coworker. Because if I don't like myself, it's very hard for me to champion you. It's just, it's not, it doesn't feel good because we then become very intimidated by you versus inspired because I don't feel good about myself. And I have such empathy for that because I go in and out of it, right? There are some waves of me where I feel like I'm killing it and I'm crushing it and life's awesome. And then there's other days where I just like, the Netflix is on and the ice cream's out and I can't move. (laughs) Yep. We've all been there. (laughs) We've all been there. And I, I expect to be there again, right? There's no red carpet here. I'm going to go in and out of that. But my hope is that I have developed enough tools, enough people around me that love me, that I understand how I can get back out. I always say like, I don't want to check into that hotel for too long. Like it's okay to be there, but then like, Charlie Brown it out, but then come back out, (laughs) right? It's like, come back out. And so I guess I will say the hard work starts with, you know, loving yourself. And when you love yourself, you're able to show up in this world with more confidence because the narrative isn't, I'm not good enough. I'm not this, I'm not that. And we all know how damaging that is, especially to our, our families and our children and, and our friends. Um, There's no hiding it, right? Yeah, I think one of the things that you said really struck me over the last couple of years as I've been doing that kind of introspective work. So I too come in and out of this, but also feel really good about, you know, having redefined the path that I was on in terms of, you know, walking away from corporate America and taking a plunge to do things that really mattered to me and to our family, like wanting to become a foster family and the Mm -hmm. sacrifices that that would take and understanding the implications that that would have. And I think those have been more satisfying to me than any of the things that I thought that I needed or wanted to prove to others. Like I was really big on, you know, and realizing that this is from early trauma and actually something that we talked with Um, Jeffrey Marsh about in terms of perfectionism not being a good thing, right? But for me, it was going into um, needing to prove that I was the best at everything because I felt that I needed to, whether it was because there was a chip on my shoulder or I felt like I was being judged or whatever it was, like my own 
inherent need for validation from others was driving me to say, okay, well, if I just, you know, achieve this top thing, if I just do this one thing, then Mm -hmm. I'll feel great. If, you know, I, if my kid, you know, achieves this or, I think that it manifests itself in so many different ways. And I see the competition even, you know, from friends who adore each other, like you said, right? Like it, it becomes part of our relationships with others because it's inherent to the relationship with ourselves. And what I learned is that none of that ever satisfies. You know, Mm -hmm. if you think, oh, if I just get this promotion and make this money, then everything will be fine. No, you get to that point and you want more. Or you Mm -hmm. think, oh, if I just lose this 10 pounds, then then blah, blah, blah. We call that an underwear gnome plan. Have you ever heard that? I think it's like a South Park reference. I I have. Okay, so like here in the house, we're always like, okay, so we're going to lose five pounds and then underwear no plan what happens like where where is that going (laughs) I wish you could see me shaking my head because I feel that that chasing that sort of energy in the pursuit of that will only lead us to be disappointed and feel like a failure because that's actually never the solution right so if I chase permission from you or validation I'm never going to win and so what if I stopped today and just said and I took a deep breath and I was like today I made it like I'm good enough and I've achieved enough and it's here and it's, it's like now. Stuart, it's like Stuart Smalley. Gosh, darn it. Oh, it I, is. I always say you can be the juiciest peach in the orchard and there's going to be someone who doesn't like peaches. And so if you are seeking validation from others, you are always going to run into someone who is not going to give it to you. And that means you're not going to feel it yourself. Even if 99 other people said, yes, the one person, right, that's me. I can get 99 people who tell me how impactful and positive I make them feel. The one person who says something negative, that's what I feel. Um, But not anymore, because I've learned what really does bring me joy and positivity and focus on that. Um, So maybe you could talk a little bit about like what that journey kind of looks like for others and what it looked like for you in terms of, okay, okay, this is something I want. Now what? Because learning to say no is so hard, I think. Critical. And I, I would, I would love to talk about this because I feel like the Christina I was two years ago no longer exists. She's not here. I really feel like I have shed her and I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean this new version of me, which I will continue to refresh, um, is just learning and growing and expanding. And it's because of, I think, the mentality that I wanted to lean so far into certain things to understand how I operate, what does it look like, how does it make me feel? And what I learned along the way was I can stand here today and say, there's no place I don't belong. And the only reason I can say that is because I did things that were wildly out of my league, I felt, whether it was the TEDx talk or starting the podcast or the book or whatever it might be, there was always that you know imposter syndrome that comes up or who are you to do this? And, and once I think you get to the other side of it and you realize like that everything is available to all of us. I'm not any more special than anybody else, newsflash, right? The only difference is that I'm doing it and you're doing it. There's no fad, you know, magic fairy dust. It's like, I think that a lot of times women, before we even give ourselves the opportunity, we have really shut it down. And the way that I feel like I've been able to step into this work is because 
I decided to say no. I decided to say no to the things that ultimately gave me the badge of authority or credibility that I thought I needed. And the only way to create space for the new is to probably kind of get rid of some of the other. And so in asking yourself how to clear the space, what's in your life right now that you may be doing for, I say the wrong reasons, but maybe you're doing it because you want to have the air of importance. Maybe you're doing it because this makes you look like a great mom. Maybe you're doing it. And none of those things are wrong, by the way. It's just getting very real. Like, I thought I wanted to do a TEDx talk because I thought that that would give me the street cred and authority to say, I'm not just about fashion and crazy hair. I have something important to say. And the funny part was the journey of nine months of actually writing the talk and doing the thesis and getting selected and sort of all of that process. The journey is who I got to become. It wasn't even the talk. It was the fact that I kept showing up day after day, really frightened, but I kept doing it. And the only way I could do it is by saying no to the other things that did not actually pave that road, right? And I, I had would, I would argue also that you had to admit to yourself that it's something you wanted. I think that's one of like the first steps that I see people struggle with, right? Is like being afraid of saying that you want something. Like for me, I had a really hard time telling my family that I wanted to foster because I knew that there was an implication on them and that like it, I needed them and their buy-in and that, you know, looking back on that now, I'm like, gosh, why was I hesitant to tell anybody, including the public and my parents? And you know what I mean? But like, I had to put it out there for myself that it was something that I wanted to take those first steps. I love that you say that because um, I, for anybody that knows me, I'm very much about sharing the journey. And it was important for me that it was in December of last year that all of a sudden I was like, I think I want to do a TED talk. And I put on my, you know, my social media, I'm writing a TED talk. And the funny part is I started getting all these like, oh my gosh, congratulations. And I kept saying, oh my gosh, you guys stop. Like, I just said I wanted to do it. Like nothing's happened. I haven't written it. I haven't submitted, but I was doing it on purpose because the point was I didn't want the jazz hands and hero bells. Should I actually get accepted, I wanted you to actually be a part of the journey of just saying yes to myself, because that was the success. The success is in doing the work. The success isn't when you stand on that red dot, in my opinion, right? And that's oh, yeah. what I had to learn. And the vulnerability right? of watching you put something out there that you wanted without yeah. knowing if it was possible to get it or how long it would take to get it. And then the work that went into it was magic and inspiring for, I know not just me, but so many other people like, oh, if, if Christina wants something and she's willing to sacrifice these other things in her life to go after it and to do the hard work, like I can do what it is that I feel passionate or that right. I want as well. Right. And I always say that I use that as an example, but I always say like, it, it's not about a TED talk, right? Who cares what it is? It's about you wanting to step into something again, whether it's something as huge as fostering, or if it's something as just really, you know, asking your, somebody you work with for something that you're looking for. I mean, it's really is this permission. And, and I will always say, if I see you do it, it makes me think I can do it too. So sharing conversation to me is, is critical and that connection, but it's very vulnerable to put yourself out there. And that's where I kind of go back to, you've got to really be steady in your own feet because there is nothing that anyone can say or do to me at this point in my life that will shake who I am. There's just not. 
I, I know that the most important thing in my life, my North Star, is that the people that I love feel seen and heard. And they do. Not saying I'm, I'm perfect, but I know that. And so with that, I can then start to dissect in my life what's important to me. What's the work I want to do? What's the? But it starts at home in these four walls. Am I doing that work? Because that to me is my life's work. And if I can say, okay, yeah, I can get better there. I can do that. Then I can keep going. But when, when every single thing in our world, we are shaky in confidence, whether or not it's how we are in relationships with friends to, to parenting, to we just, we can constantly feel rocked because not every decision is not easy then, right? Like even in the pandemic, and again, whether it's masks or vaccines, all these really big, difficult decisions as a culture we've had to make, if you're not clear in sort of what your values are, every decision is painful. And again, you get to do what you want to do. So it's like getting clear on what is important to you and, and staying true to that, which is, I think, a daily task. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I think there's so much about society countering that. Like, I remember, I remember when I decided to leave corporate America. So it took years for me to plan for that and to be ready to walk away and to like have a plan. Okay, it's we're going to do this for this amount of time and then we'll see where we, you know, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm the breadwinner for the family and it's a really big deal for the breadwinner to leave their job. Um, and I remember there being such a mixed bag of, well, I don't understand what you're doing um, Mm -hmm. to respect for following dreams to why in the world would you have gone to college and worked for 20 years to get to the position that is the position that people want, right? Like I was a executive in corporate America, like GovCon, um, which that industry is never going away because the government works with contractors 80% of their work, right? So I was in a very secure job and career, both of them. And to be like, you know what, this isn't right for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And the just the um, like amount of things that came at me in terms of extreme support ranging to extreme disapproval and not, I don't remember that a single person said to me like, well, why? You know what? Like, let's, let's talk about the reason behind this decision versus just immediate judgment. And I think it's really hard for us as people to focus on what it is we want when what we're feeling from people all the time is judgment versus validation of the choices that we're making that feel right to us. And I think that's been a critical like realization for me in my life and in my relationship. I'll I'll also say that like the past couple of years I've been telling Matt like I need you to validate what I'm feeling. I don't need yep. you to tell me that I'm right. I don't need you to tell me that I'm wrong. I don't need, you know what I mean? Like I don't want to just jump into what I'm asking. I need you to say like I hear you and I understand how you feel. I'm like, that's all I'm looking for. Um, Well, I mean, and when you say that to me, there's a few things that come to mind, which is number one, I love that you say that to Matt because you're really asking him to hold space for you, right? Like just hold what I'm saying here. Um, And and that's so important, but it's 
your your epic move to do that, you know, I would have said to you at the time, you know, what's the consequence to the action that's holding you back? You'd say, okay, well, I'm the breadwinner. I won't be making money. Uh, I won't, I'm making this up. I don't know what you have said, but I, you know, I won't be seen in this light as this, this entrepreneur, whatever it might have been. I'd always then say, okay, then so what? So what happens, right? So what, what ultimately will happen if you do this? And, and are you willing to actually make that sacrifice to do it? Because I will always say that we get one shot here. And I, I don't want to miss it. And so I realize that they have big implications, financial and otherwise. But at the end of the day, I'm always going to go back to, you know, manifesting that dream. And and what what happens to our soul when we don't get to do that? Because I now have transitioned my brain because I'm type A achiever. And I don't know another way to do it than all in, which is also a problem. And so I it for me now, my goal every day is how do I want to feel at the end of the day? It's no longer tied to productivity, right? You, it used to be, okay, well, you know, I yeah, got this really done, yeah. right? Now it's like, how do I want to feel? Well, I want to feel peaceful and calm. I want to make sure that my my kids, like, they, they know that I was listening to them today or I heard them because we know when we're off, right? We know when it's like we have not been engaged in the way we should. So every day it's like, how do I want to feel at the end of the day? And it's not about that checklist. My whole life has been a checklist, and that checklist is no longer there. It's now about getting in touch with how do I want to feel? I want to feel proud of myself. I want to feel connected. I want to feel peaceful. And again, I'm not saying I do that every day, but it's a goal. And, yeah. and I know when I'm off. I think that's a really interesting point that I hadn't fully realized. I mean, I knew one of the one of the things that I tell people all the time about my old job that after walking away from it for about 30 to 45 days was I realized that my stress level went to 110% to like Mm -hmm. 60%. And I didn't realize that I was at 110%. And I remember we did this like cross country road trip. And at that point, I hadn't been working for a couple of months, let's say three months. And we'd been on the road for like three weeks. And I did an event at a hotel. I, um, we don't need to get into it, but I negotiated a contract at a hotel. And there came some complications with the contract in terms of what my understanding of what I was being charged and their understanding of what I was being charged. <laughs> and my previous corporate role was contract negotiation. That was my job day in and day out is I was arguing with executive leadership of very large companies. So my specialty was in small businesses. So I would be the representative for my small business and I would be arguing with every giant government consulting firm that you can think of, like the the big names, I'm not going to mention them all, but I was single-handedly arguing with those companies to get better terms on contracts that we would do together. Mm-hmm. And reflecting back, I remember having like an anxiety attack about the negotiation of the hotel. And I was, I asked Matt to pull over the car and I was like, I just, I wasn't even driving, but I needed him to pull over so I could get fresh air and kind of like think through what was happening. And I'm like, I am having anxiety because I am doing something that brought me so much stress for so long in my life. And I didn't even fully 
open myself to how harmful that was for me and my health, my especially my mental, but also my physical health and, and the how much of a role that played in, you know, my lack of sleep and all of these different aspects of how I was feeling from that perspective because of the emotion that it caused. And just like talking with a hotel and needing to pull up the contract and look at the terms and thinking about needing to negotiate with the hotel about like a mistake that I had made in this contract and how was I going to rectify and like the whole thing was just like panic. And it made me realize exactly what you said, which is it's how I felt right At, at the end of the day, I felt anxious and I felt overwhelmed and I felt stressed out, but it was the level at which I was operating on a daily basis because that job was day and night. There were no weekends off when I went on vacation that was called every day, right? I never got like a relief to help me see how stressful that was. And I, I wonder if there's a way, I think, you know, I'm wondering could I have been open to seeing that before it happened? I don't know. You know, sometimes you're like, you're not ready to see something until you're ready to see something. But gosh, I wish I'd figured that out sooner for sure. I mean, I love what you say because the reality is that no one's giving us this card to say, Hey, why don't you pause and reflect where you are and how you feel? Because we are on this treadmill, right? We are in a hustle culture, grind, grind, grind. Or you think you have no choice, which really for most people is not the case. Right. And so I always talk about that. I'm fully aware that it is a luxury and privilege to actually pause and ask what you want out of this life. People are trying to pay bills. People are moving fast because they have to, right? However, in the grand scheme, what I would love to have had done for myself, you know, I felt like I was the real life Siri, right? All the time. But that also is what I was proud of, right? I was proud that I worked so hard and that you knew I was working, which means I'm valuable. And once I realized that that was not the way that I was wanting to operate and that I didn't need your permission to stop, I didn't need your validation to stop. And now that I know and I'm here is why my life's work. I love to just talk to women. What do you want to do? How does it make you feel? It is open to you. There are possibilities. We can do this. And as much as it just sounds like a big cheerleader, the reality is that we need someone to tell us half the time. Hey, you want to write that book? Write that book. Hey, you want to quit your job and do X, Y, Z? You can do that. And again, I'm not being ignorant. I understand that we all have livelihoods and, and you know things we need to do. But the reality is most of us don't even pause and reflect to ask. And I don't want to be here and have 10 years pass me by and, and still be sort of slothing through. Like, I'm not doing that. I refuse to live that way. And I don't want anyone I care about to live that way. And so I do think that it is, we have this element of like, can we all just like stop for a minute? What do you want? Does anyone ask you that? I mean, certainly as mothers, we are usually the ones that don't ask ourselves that. And that's also not what we're trying to do with our kids. What if you gave yourself the grace you give to your children to try life on? You know, I, I, I just feel that how are we supposed to be these role models when we're not doing it ourselves? And again, I don't think we're going to achieve it. I just want to work towards it. And, and now that I've been doing it, I, I feel that even my children, you know, I have one that is going off to college soon and we were in New York and trying some colleges on. And, and I love when I just, I let him sort of lead the whole time and I paused and I never asked him like, you know, about, 
you know, getting in a portfolio and the timing and the whatever, all I kept saying is, how do you feel? How does it make you feel? And I kept my opinion to myself. And that's work, right? Yeah. How to- <laughs> Keeping your opinion to yourself is a lot is a lot of work for me. I'll tell you that. Yeah, but so worthwhile. Yeah. Even with friends, right? Because we want to fix. We are programmed to, if you tell me something, I want to help. So it's always from a place of good intention. If you called me and said, oh my gosh, Christina, I'm crazy about X, Y, Z. I'd be like, oh my gosh, Stacey, do these five things. It's going to help. When really pausing and just holding space for somebody to just tell me how they feel. And then I'm not already trying to manipulate the conversation in my brain of what I'm going to say to you. I'm just going to listen. I'm going to let you tell me what you need. And more than anything, I'll just say, how can I help you? How do, how can I best, you know, be, be someone for you in the situation? And the reason I bring that up is because if ultimately we're trying to create this vision in life of where we want to be and what we want to do, those are such big, big monkeys, but it starts with everyday movement. And I always say that movement is hope. So if you're coming at this from a place of like, well, I don't know, I, I don't know. Start very small with, which is like, number one, who are you surrounding yourself with? Are there people in your life that do nothing but suck your energy away? Are you giving love in places you don't give it back? Like, start with today. Yeah. How do you feel after you leave an exchange or spending time with someone was big for me? This podcast is sponsored by Just Thrive. I take this probiotic every day, and because I've seen such incredible results personally, I have my teens take it and recommend it to all my skincare clients too. Because your gut health impacts literally everything, your well-being, your mood, your digestion. And because your gut houses up to 80% of your immune system, a healthy gut is truly the gateway to feeling your best. Unfortunately, our bodies are being attacked every single day and wreaking havoc on our gut health. Stress, toxins, even just one day of exposure to things that don't agree with us. Thankfully, with Just Thrive Probiotic, it's easier to give your gut what it needs to thrive. Scientifically backed, Just Thrive's breakthrough award-winning probiotic is the only product on the market that's proven to turn your gut into an antioxidant factory. In one trial, supplementing with Just Thrive Probiotic reduced leaky gut and inflammation, meaning you get maximum immune, digestive, and total body health support. Plus, it's vegan-friendly, gluten-free, dairy-free, histamine-free, and non-GMO. So if you're looking for the best in gut health and immune support, choose the clinically proven award-winning power of Just Thrive Probiotic. Honestly and sincerely, this is the only probiotic I can feel making a difference when I take it. To try it, get 15% off when you go to justthrivehealth.com and use code THEWHOLEVIEW. That includes bundles and subscriptions. So definitely double up on your savings at justthrivehealth.com slash discount slash thewholeview with code the whole view. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. People don't always realize that physical symptoms like headaches, teeth grinding, and even digestive issues can be indicators of stress. If you find your behavior doesn't align with your intentions or goals, think doom scrolling, sleeping habits, relationship with food, or in my case, reacting by not being honest or with impulsivity, then therapy can be a huge help. It's been life-changing for our whole family. With the world constantly telling you to do more, sometimes it takes some support. Here's a reminder to take care of yourself. Do less and maybe try some therapy. Whatever your preconceived notions you have about therapy, let me tell you, I feel better because of it. 
Even if you feel great, think of therapy as preventative care. Wellness for emotional health. I love that BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. And it's much more affordable than in-person therapy. Give it a try and see if online therapy can help lower your stress. The Whole View listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash wholeview. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash whole view. The other thing that you mentioned about kids, I'll tell you, I are foster kiddos in ninth grade, ninth grade, and they have been repeatedly asked what their life plan is so that they can get into the right classes. And like my head explodes. It's it's like super triggering for them because of their history and because of just everything Mm -hmm. to think about being on their own right now, right? Like the whole thing is super triggering. And so they would um, have, uh, you know, feelings of overwhelm in those moments at school, but also at home. And so, you know, it, it kind of was a light bulb moment for me in supporting them through all of that to say, we need to communicate to the school that this is not an expectation for you in our home because it is an expectation for a lot of people in the county in which we live. But we mm-hmm. need to tell the school yeah. that we do not expect you to have a plan and that we don't want them to be focused on a plan with you right now. That like where you are in this moment and the work that you're doing is incredible and that's enough. And I do think that there is power in taking that step back, taking that space and and telling people what it is you want, because otherwise that is the assumption, right? We go off the assumption of what we would want or what other people want and all these things. And really like my lived experience is entirely different than their lived experience than, you know, my biological children's lived experience, your children's lived experience, right? Like we all have these different experiences. And I think um, being able to, do that as a parent on behalf of the child is also something really magical in terms of how it opens your eyes to the the things that you're doing in your own life that you need that for, right? Like I've started saying to people when they come to me with these problems, like you were saying, what I'm trying to learn how to do, and I'm not perfect either, just like you, right? Like this is all a journey for us. But what I'm trying to do is start to to say to someone, do you want me to listen or do you want me to help? Like, yeah, yeah. because I do think that sometimes we just need someone yeah. to listen and to let us vent and to tell us, like, like I say to Matt, that, uh, that your feelings are valid and that, you know, you're heard. And then it's like, okay, I got this. And sometimes right. it can be even worse if you're trying to be validated to have someone say, well, you should do this and you should do this and you should do this. Like, well, I wasn't asking you. <laughs> you know? it, it is the, the truth. And I say all the time, you know, um, meet me where I am, not where you want me to be. And that's hard for people. And again, I just want to reflect back, though, you actually telling the school what how you parent at home and why this makes sense. You know, it's the ripple effect, because even sharing that narrative to me is everything because how can how can we have our children try life on when we're so committed to an outcome right 
if I do this, X will happen. If I get good grades and I get into this school, this will happen. Well, we all, we know that's not true, right? That's not true. It does not mean because you do these steps, this will happen. That's not how life works. So if we have our children so attached to those outcomes, they will be nothing but thinking they're failures, right? So instead, if it can just say, how, how can you serve yourself today? Can you put your best foot forward? Can you do the work that you know is important to you? All those things, they can feel that they can actually walk through life, trying it on, getting to a place that makes them happy, which I know sounds so generic, but otherwise we are, we're attributing these outcomes to them that most of the time aren't going to happen. You know, you can work your tail off and do all these things and it still doesn't mean you're going to get what you think you're going to get. It doesn't work that way. And so even we, if you do get you know, it, that you'll be satisfied. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Right. Right. So okay. thank you for changing that narrative. I will just say that because I think it takes one at a time. Well, I have loved this conversation with you. Thank you so much for joining us, Christina. And listeners, if you love Christina, you can join us over on Patreon. We'll be sharing what we really thought at patreon.com slash the whole view, the best place to ask questions too. And if you want to connect more with Christina, which I highly recommend, you can visit her podcast. You have your new podcast, right? Extra Life and Style Unscripted. Yep. I do. I do. Um, and also the best place to even find me if you have any interest is just my Instagram. It's at Christina Glickman, but I house everything there from from TED Talks to community to all the things. Okay. Um, I'm always happy to connect. And I want to remind people also of your book, Extra, The Art of Being. And you do have community membership and coaching with Extra, The Love Army. So you can check all of that out. We'll put links in the show notes. But I... I'm so glad we got a chance to reconnect and talk about these things because I do think that we are not alone in having gone through a journey of personal discovery, especially over the last two years. I think there's collective trauma, but there's also collective growth in our community from um, what being so insular for so long has done. So I, I love this conversation and I'm excited to continue it with you over on Patreon. Yes, thanks for having me. never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.